Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We have some very exciting news for you folks. We truly are once again going to be two bums talking about other bums at baseball games because Jeremy and I have today bought tickets for three baseball <laughs> games coming up in the next month. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and right. since it's, it's our last episode before we actually get to a game, we're going to do some, uh, you know, just some news and notes, a little bit of around the horn uh, type stuff. But Jeremy, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm very excited, Jack. And uh, I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We're so excited that we bought three tickets. We, you know, we usually kind of wing it a little bit, uh, schedule permitting, unless there's a, a big event. But um, we kind of, we, we invested in the future here, Jack. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we're good to go for, for a while now. Absolutely. Tickets to three games, but first, uh, it is episode 116, so that means we're going to need our 2016 debuts. We're getting closer to the to the to real time. Jeremy, who is your 2016 guy or guys? Yeah, well, Jack, I, I there was a, there was actually a, a fair amount of people on this list uh, to pick from. Um, you know, I think uh, the the guy that I picked, Jack, was um, Andrew Tolls. Andrew yeah. Tolles, okay. Andrew Tolls. Yeah. Uh, a troubled. Uh, it's kind of a sad story. Oh, so first of all, Andrew Tolls. Yeah, outfielder for the L.A. Dodgers. I kind of best remember him, Jeremy, as a guy who made a terrible throw from the outfield in Game Six of the uh, NLCS Cubs Dodgers in Wrigley Field. I'm sure, you remember that too. Well, the he. I mean, proceeding immediately preceding that was a was a botched catch. Like if you remember, <laughs> he he like it was. Um, I believe uh, Bryant hit it. Um, okay, and Rizzo was at second base. Uh, that that's why I'm picking him, Jack, because it, it was a that game six of the NLCS that I was at, and sure, like, um, you know, the Cubs were already up, I think, two nothing, maybe at that point, maybe two one or something at that point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, but uh, but that that play kind of blew the game open. I kind of feel. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was it was Brian who hit a fly ball like a sack fly. It was it was a Fly ball to Andrew Tolls, and he took his eyes off the ball, hit off his mitt, ball like, like you know, rolled away from him. Uh, Rizzo was maybe going to try to, like, tag up or something, and he was at second, I think, and or he was at first maybe in, like, uh, like you know, had to readjust on the base pads and ended up at third base, I'm pretty sure, and then I think he came, came around to score. Um, but that was just, like... Uh, being at the game for that play was just like pure bliss. Like the whole, that whole, ex- uh, that whole game was just like the the best experience and almost, almost so great that I was almost like not, I was, I was like kind of sated to not go to any like world series games because I'm like, I don't know if it would have got any better than that game. So I was kind of okay with it. Um, but uh, that was, that was kind of the highlight. And um you know, I don't know. I just like, yeah, I, I like set my, maybe this is why I hate the Dodgers so much, but I like tuned into them so much as like, you know, the enemy that I, um, in, in that series that, um, I, I still have residual hatred to a lot of Dodgers now. And, and, you know, seeing tolls botch that play was, was great. Um, 
the the yes, the sad postscript of it all is that things have not gone well for Tolls. He has uh, some some personal issues um, that have resulted in in kind of him being out of baseball and just being in a in a bad place. And the last time there's a story about him, uh, yeah, he was not really in a in a great place. Um, so no need to uh, dwell on on that or the the shortcomings of that play, but just the sheer from a sheer baseball angle. That play was exhilarating to see as a Cubs fan. And, uh, I mean, guys like Andrew Tolles and um, Michael Martinez uh, and Brian Shaw, like these guys are like kind of footnotes in the 2016 Cubs playoff run. And, like, I kind of like from a his- historic standpoint, I kind of hold them all in, in the same kind of like, you know, holding pen basically because they're all part of the story in a way. Yeah. Uh, that that's a great point, Jeremy. Um, and it's it's strange that a guy like well, first of all, it's strange that uh, uh, who is it? Michael Martinez. That that's the that was that's the guy in the name, Indians. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Martinez. We saw yeah we saw him play earlier in 2016. Uh, yeah. We we went to an Indians uh, White Sox doubleheader and he was in the lineup. Um, yeah, but like it's it's strange enough that that guy was on the uh, World Series roster for the Indians in Game Seven. But it's also strange that uh, Andrew Tolles was, I guess, presumably starting in left field uh, in yeah. Game Six of the NLCS. Why they, was he? I mean, uh, no, hey, no, nothing against Andrew Tolles, but uh, he had made his debut that year. He was definitely out of his depth in that game. Was did did the Dodgers have some sort of injury? Is that why he was out there? Um, I'm trying to think of what. Uh, so it was probably Peterson in center, maybe. Uh, who would have been? Who was in right field for that team? I, I mean, Chris, like Chris Taylor was on that team. Yeah, I don't know if Chris Taylor was was starting. Um, but like, uh, let's see, right field. Oh, Puig, of course, mm-hmm. was was there. Um, I mean, so on the regular season, they have Howie Kendrick listed as their left fielder. Um, I don't remember him making any sort of impact in that series. So like I I mean at some point the the Dodgers had hopes for Andrew Tolles. I mean, he was 24 at the time, he was a third round draft pick. I I I didn't I was reading about him for this and like I didn't really realize that he 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 was drafted by the uh the Rays and I didn't realize he had issues with the Rays system uh which um are tied to some of the the uh mental health issues that he has that allowed him to get like that got him into this this tough spot later on in life um so i didn't really realize he had a checkered past even kind of before this but yeah i mean he was i don't know he i think the dodgers were had high hopes for him yeah and uh uh you know jeremy i'll say as somebody who was watching that game at home um, was it a what was the final score of that game? It was it wasn't even like it was a five or six run difference, right? Like the Cubs won by uh, quite a big margin, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe it was five to one or six to one, maybe. Yeah, it it never really seemed like the Dodgers were in that game, and I, I know I think Kershaw started that game six, but it was just he was just completely gassed. He was not yes. Kershaw. He didn't have anything, so it just seemed it just seemed preordained. That the uh, that the Cubs are going to win that one, so it's I mean it's uh, you know Jeremy I know how much that probably meant to you to be there, um, and I still remember that Tolls play from just even sitting watching it at home, and I was just thinking you know that's that was uh, op- op- almost five years ago at this point, I still remember <laughs> it still remember it like it was yesterday, so yeah, yeah that's a good one. Absolutely, five five nothing was the final score of that game. Okay, and, you okay. know that not out of reach, but like. No. And and as as a Cubs fan, you know you're waiting for the Bartman moment to happen. And, uh, <laughs> There actually was a, a a ball that got hit down the line uh, in the in the um, top of the ninth inning that uh, 
you know, everyone's, um, you know, butts, buttholes tightened up a little bit there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, you were never sure until that final out, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, just crazy night. Did you have another guy, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, nah, I mean like uh, okay. a couple of guys popped up there, but I, I, I ended up just, just going with tolls. So yeah, Jack, why don't yeah. you, why don't you give us your guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, my guy is Michael Fulmer. Oh, okay. Michael do you, Fulmer. Do you re- yeah. Do you remember Michael Fulmer? Yeah, I do. Only because um, I think Jack, I think the game that we went to in uh in Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was him versus Chris Archer in that game. And it was it, and it was supposed to be like Michael Fulmer bobblehead, but I think we got there too late or something. Or maybe oh, the, or, really? Or, okay. Or maybe the day before I think was actually Michael Fulmer, and we were like debating on what game to go to. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, I don't. We don't really need to get there a day, like change our plans to, for Michael Fulmer and Bob. <laughs> well, yeah. so yeah, Jeremy, um, Michael Fulmer made his debut in 2016. He was a, a pretty high draft pick. He came over to the uh, uh, Tigers in the Cespedes trade. Uh, he was originally drafted by the Mets in the first round in 2011, and he was for a while like it looked like he was going to be a guy for the Tigers. It, he looked like he was going to yep. be a dude. That year we saw him in 2017, he made the All-Star team. Um and I, we went to that game, I want to say it was late June. So yep. that was like a couple weeks before he was uh you know, he he would pitch in the All-Star game. I don't know if he got in, but he was he was on that roster. So he was a uh, that was a good pitching matchup to see at the time, Chris Archer versus Michael Fulmer, you know, maybe not so much anymore, but um it, it's surprising because the guy was uh it, it was just like his star was burning really bright. And then, uh, and then he got injured, and it's like, you know, you haven't heard anything from the guy in, like, three or four years. I, I saw his name on this 2016 debuts list, and I just thought, my goodness, people were, people were up in arms about Michael Fulmer when we saw him, and mm-hmm. he just hasn't been, he hasn't been mentioned since. He's pitching for the Tigers this year. He's made two starts and appeared in five games. The, the two starts is the thing that's, like, blowing my mind, because I'm like, I, he, you know, I heard, you know, he was back or whatever, his... He pitched ten games last year and uh, not a good ERA. No, his ERA was eight seventy eight and ten starts last year. That's awful. He, he, may, he only pitched twenty seven and two thirds innings in those ten starts. Yeah, that's not good. Um, no, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So like, uh, I I heard that he was going to be pitching out of the bullpen this year, and I'm like, well, maybe that's a, a way for him to kind of get back. Uh, I didn't know that he started two games. That's kind of interesting. But yeah, uh, and yeah. and he, here's here's something interesting, Jeremy. So this is we've been doing this for a while. This debuts. Uh, Michael Fulmer was the rookie of the year in 2016 in the American yeah. League. Um, yeah. I think this might be our first rookie of the year debut guy. Yeah, right. Um, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, we usually we try to, uh, you know, like rain delay theater, like give us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses for like the baseball <laughs> players, you know. But so usually we don't pick a guy who was a rookie of the year. I had completely forgotten that he was rookie of the year until yeah. I just mentioned it when I saw it on his, his baseball uh, reference profile. Yeah. I kind of felt you were, were, you're, you're aiming a little high there, Jack, with a, with a Michael Fulmer, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Nope. Yeah. So he's um, just one of those guys that, uh, you know, he was hot for a while and he just forgot about. So yeah, Michael Fulmer still pitching his, his career has kind of been similar to Matt Harvey's I feel like, but uh, yeah, Jeremy, if uh, I guess if we're going up uh, with live game experiences too, um, you know, that's another guy we saw in a pretty memorable game, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so, okay, so before we get into uh, a little bit more of the episode here, we have to do our weekly Daniel Robertson watch. So, uh, folks, if you're just joining us uh, this week, you'll, you need to know that uh, if Daniel Robertson gets 200 plate appearances for the Brewers in the 2021 season, uh, I will wear a Javier Baez jersey to a, a Brewers game where they're not playing the Cubs. So I will just be that asshole who wears a Cubs jersey to a non-Brewers Cubs game at, at you know, Miller Park. Or American <laughs> Family Field. Um, the um, the uh, the the absurdity of the added detail of a non Brewers Cubs game just makes me laugh. It's gonna make me laugh every week. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 just hope it doesn't happen. The guys. Okay, so Daniel Robertson, watch. Um, let me pull up his page here. Yeah, he's been okay. So he's been starting lately now, which is just dreadful. Uh, so he's up to thirty nine plate appearances. So he's only about one fifth of the way there. He's hitting one eleven. In 36 official at bats, he's got four hits. There's no way, there's no way this man can stay on the Brewers roster uh, long <laughs> enough to get 200 at bats. I will say though, so I was watching part of the Padres Brewers game on Monday, and they started Urias, uh, and but then he got hurt with cramps, and I don't know if he came back in the series or not. But like Daniel Robertson, I think started the last two games of that Padres series. So like the guy is getting in the lineup. Um, yeah, 30, so he's got 39 plate appearances. Just I, Jeremy, sometimes I'm surprised. When I find out that people listen to our podcast, um, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I didn't know that person listened to our podcast. Who, who knows? Maybe maybe Craig Council heard me call him a diarrhea manager. And like this is just his his revenge on me is just <laughs> is putting putting Daniel Robertson in the lineup. But if the Brewers, you know, they just swept the Padres, which is awesome. Uh, and if they have any hopes of winning the division, they're going to have to get an upgrade at that utility infielder spot. Uh, that's just what I'm that's what I'm telling myself every day. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to ask you, Jack, you know, in your repeated uh, insistence that there's no way that he can, you know, get the 200 plate appearances. I'm like, does he believe that or is he just trying? Is that wishful thinking? Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no indication that he's not that he's going away at this point. So, no, like, no there's yeah, there's uh, there's really not. Hey, Jeremy, I'll say this. I saw this this stat tweeted out Cor- Corbin Burns through four starts, yep. 40 strikeouts and zero walks. Javier mm-hmm. Baez this season, 31 strikeouts, one walk. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's the guy whose jersey I'll be wearing. We'll get to Javier Baez more uh, a little bit later in this episode. Uh, but, yeah, I had mentioned that we had bought tickets to three upcoming games. So we, we bought uh, tickets to um, an April 30th game that's the uh, featuring the Cubs and White Sox taxi squads playing each other in Schaumburg. We also have tickets to, I believe it's May 3rd, Dodgers-Cubs. So that's going to be our first official Major League game, which is really exciting at Wrigley Field. We also have tickets uh, June 1st to the Cubs-Padres game at Wrigley Field, um, which is also really exciting. So we're going to be seeing the Dodgers and the Padres, probably the yeah. two teams in baseball you would most want to see. So we're going to be bringing you all the good stuff. But yeah, let's talk a little bit first, Jeremy, about the April 30th game we got coming up, uh, the Taxi Squad game. That's going to be an interesting one. I don't really know what to expect from that. No, I mean, the, you know, as much as, as as excited as I am to see the, the you know, two world-class teams in the uh, Dodgers and the Padres, uh, I mean, this is like, again, this is, I mean, not again, but this is, you know, what Rain Delay Theater is all about is seeing these weirdo games and like, yeah, the alternate site, the Schomburg White Sox versus the South Bend alternate site Cubs. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how to write that in the, the title, the episode title, um, but uh I, I don't know what to expect, Jack. Uh, it's like, you know, on one hand, it's like better quality than like um, like a A-ball game kind of. But like, 
it's like less legitimate. It's way less legitimate than like an A ball game. So I don't, I really don't know what to expect. And um, I guess this is kind of um, jumping ahead to one of the items, but one of the things I was kind of like, not that I haven't seen the guy play before, but it's like, I'm like, well, hey, at least we'll we'll know Nico Horner is going to be there uh, for the South Bend Cubs. Um, And then he got called up today. Uh, So, so yeah, that's one, one kind of class, (laughs) classy player off the, off the roster. So um, I don't even know if they're going to like replace him on the alternate roster. I also know that it's like, it's so late in that season, like, because the triple A season will be starting pretty soon after we go to that game that like, they might not even bother at that point. And so it's, I don't know what to expect, man, but it's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be just a weird experience. Yeah, my uh, my brother's uh, uh, childhood friend and teammate Alex McRae, who, who we mentioned on this podcast before, former Pirates pitcher, pitched three scoreless innings for the White Sox last year. He is on the White Sox taxi squad as a reliever, so I'm hoping that we're going to get to see him pitch. I think the game that we're seeing is going to be the third of three games played that week, so you know we'll be, we'll be following the box scores pretty closely to see which guys pitch. I'm I'm going to assume that they're going to try to get each guy at least one appearance in the in the live action game um what i'm yeah. really what i'm really curious oh yeah go ahead jeremy well i was just gonna say i don't even know if it's only if those are the only three games because they're playing in different state and sites too so I, they okay. might be playing in between there those are the only ones in schomburg ah. um, but uh but yeah and for folks i don't know like so for folks the other which is weird thing about it they're playing at schomburg boomers stadium which mm-hmm. i i guess I mean, are they independent ballers? Or is that like the women's softball team? I, I get that confused too. Like, I don't even really know who the Schomburg Boomers are. Um, so that'll be weird. Uh, but then also like um, Schomburg is like a suburb of, of of Chicago that like, it's like there's a big mall there. That's what it's known for. Like Woodfield Mall is there. Is that is like, that Schaumburg? I always pass that on the freeway. That's like the outlet mall. Is that uh, not, no? Is this the Woodfield Mall? I I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, this one is like um not like just regular like you know not not outlet mall, but it's got your it's got like your PF Chang's. It's got your uh like the meat on the sword place. Uh, okay. There's, like, there's an improv comedy club there. Like it's like. It's like a suburban oasis. Like it's just like you know mega mall and um, yeah. So it's weird. There's an IKEA there. Uh, so like it's a weird city. Like it's just like a commerce based city. And so it's just interesting. It's like honestly, it's kind of scary because it's it's like if we lived in a different city, that's usually a city like that is where like the teams usually play. Like you know, like the Braves don't actually play in Atlanta or whatever. The 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 Texas Rangers don't actually play in like Dallas, you know these teams play in the suburbs for a lot of the uh, cities. So like, if if we were a little bit unluckier, our major league team would probably be out in like a Schaumburg, and we'd have to commute out there. Yeah, interesting. I, I think even the uh, I think even the Brewers their stadium technically might be in West Milwaukee and not okay. not actually in Milwaukee proper. But yeah. but I'm not sure about that or South Milwaukee. But it's, it's um, kind of out. It's kind of a little bit off the beaten path there in Milwaukee. Yeah. It it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy, I was gonna say uh, first of all, yeah, they got like an improv comedy club. Nice. I mean, we should check out some prov after we uh, <laughs> after we see the game. But um, yeah, Jeremy, I mean, you've you've really introduced me to a uh, you know a lot of great suburbs. I, I went to remember that time you we went up to north aurora to watch the uh pacquiao fight with uh you and your dad and your uh your you know some of your extended uh family yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was great. If only that fight hadn't sucked. It, yeah, it was a bad fight, right? Uh, was it? Who it was. It was Pacquiao versus Mayweather. That was like the big Pacquiao Mayweather fight, where the HBO was like, you know, it was like a, a hundred bucks for the thing, and like everybody bought it, so it kept shorting out, um, <laughs> just because right. so many people bought it. But then I think it came out later that both guys were hurt during that fight. So like Pacquiao had like a dislocated shoulder or a broken arm or something, and so it was something wrong with Mayweather. And like it was just like a boring fight where they didn't fight each other at all. And I think Mayweather won by, uh, you know, he won by just you know what whatever they call it the uh, I don't know boxing that well, but yeah, like, scores decision whatever. Yeah, I'll, uh, I might I might tweak that to to say that Mayweather didn't fight. <laughs> Pacquiao was trying. <laughs> yeah, well to that's fight what him. he does, right? He's like a yeah. defensive. He's a defensive boxer. Yeah, because Pacquiao after the after the fight they uh, they interviewed him. And he was like he was like yeah he didn't fight me. So yeah, um, yeah that I, did they ever did they ever have a rematch? Um, I believe they did. I, I can't okay. remember at this point. Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, uh, so yeah, Jeremy, you introduced me to North Aurora. We went to, what was the suburb we went to the wrestling uh, match at? Oh, uh, was it Tinley Park? I think. Yeah. Okay. That was Tinley Park. All right. Now yeah. I'm going to see Schaumburg. I always say that I know nothing of the Chicago suburbs, but I, you know, I'm learning Jeremy and let it, let let us not forget that the last live event we went to was that wrestling thing. Yes, so, absolutely. Right, I yeah. know we saw, we'll we'll still continue our streak of non-city proper uh, <laughs> events. Um, I also want to say too, Jack. I like introduce you to the suburbs, but I don't I don't want to make it seem like I'm like some sort of like suburb suburban like uh, <laughs> you know uh, sympathizer or something. <laughs> like I'm a I'm city. True blue all the way, baby. Uh, born and raised, so uh, hey. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I know it, Jeremy. Nobody knows more about the city of Chicago than you, man. <laughs> uh, nobody I know. That's why I tell I tell everybody. Um, uh, so so we also okay. So we had an interesting experience buying the uh, the Cubs tickets. So uh, uh, if you guys weren't aware, um, so to buy Cubs tickets this year, you have to enter uh, enter your email address into a raffle. I've already kind of ragged on Jeremy for having, you know, I, I was a little hyperbolic. I said 50 email addresses. He's got seven, <laughs> which is still, a, that's seven. still a lot. I always yeah. wonder how you get tickets for all those games. And that's what, that's why you do it. But so mm -hmm. I, anyway, Jeremy suggested that I also enter my, my email address in, um, just to give us more of a chance. Um, so I did and I got picked and I, yeah. I told Jeremy I got picked, and he, he texted back, beginner's luck. And I was like, <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, Jeremy. You know, hey, I guess I didn't have to, I didn't have to make seven of them. You know, I, yeah. just, I just got it. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's real, real good for you, Jack. Congratulations. <laughs> but so anyway, we, uh, you know, there, there were some pretty sweet games on this. But the, uh, the, the whole system, the whole website is, is terribly confusing. And it sounded like you had a little, some confusion <sighs> too, Jeremy, because I know I had trouble with it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. And, like, I can't tell if it's the same. Like, in previous years, it was run by Tickets.com, I think, which, like, I don't even know really what they do other than, like, Cubs. But, like, the system is so fucked up. Like, and, like, I mean, what would you kind of complain about? Like, it, it is what it is, I guess, like, which is part of the problem is, like, it's not like there's competition here where you can, like, uh, you know, other than StubHub, which is you're paying, you know, uh, inflated prices for other people's tickets, but like, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like you put in like, like when I bought uh, opening day tickets, I, I bought one ticket and I, you know, you can, you you type in quantity. And so I put in one and then like, it shows all the available sections. You click on it and then there's only like pods of like three and two or four and two tickets. So it's mm -hmm. like, why are those even showing up if I put in one ticket? Um, 
for this one, I, I initially when I, I typed in like two tickets, um, of course, like, you know, all the different ticket quantities pop up because again, like these are being sold in pods. So you can't just, you can't just pick two tickets. Like you have to like, it's like, you'll see on the map, like it's, it, they did a thing now where you can actually see, like they have a little circle for each seat in the stadium, which can be helpful. Um, but like you, I basically clicked two tickets next to each other. And then like, I got an error message saying like social distancing or something and like not available, but it's like they were available and you could click on them. So like the system is just fucked up. And then like, I was like, um, trying to like, it, it, it just, it gets you so confused that like I did pick like two seats that were like in, um, upper deck box, which is like, I think arguably like the best seats in the house, but, um, for, for a couple of guys like us who are going quantity over quality, um, we can't, <laughs> we can't afford to be, you know, buying those kinds of tickets for every game. And, you know, one could say this is our first game back after two years, maybe treat ourselves, but I say, no, like let's, you know, a quantity, like let's go to another <laughs> game instead. Um, so I ended up putting those back and, or I got another pair and then I released the first pair and, but it's, it was just like the, the site is just a mess. Like it's hard to even explain until you actually go through it. Um, and I know that generally speaking, people are like afraid of technology and they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, uh, just give me away. I'll just buy them from StubHub or whatever. And it's like, like, I understand the the, the fear there, but I'm, I'm a pretty like no fear kind of ticket buyer online. Like I'm just like, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. But I was like, I was annoyed in like, kind of just flustered by the by the process yeah well what sucked jeremy is i i got all the way into the process of purchasing the tickets so like you said you know logged on got to the thing where you can choose your seats whatever but then i needed to log into my ballpark app on my phone because you like you buy them and then they go into your ballpark app account so i needed the password for that so like I, i i haven't logged into that ballpark app because we haven't been to a game since september 2019 so I just haven't logged in for like, you know, almost two years. So I, I had no idea what my password was. Totally. Um, I tried a couple things, but then I just had to reset it, which took like, you know, between three and five minutes to like get the get the confirmation email. You know how you know how it is when you reset your password. So it took me a few minutes. And in the process of that, I got kicked out of the uh, kicked out of the Cubs website where I was trying to buy the tickets. So I had to log all the way back in again to that. And I was worried. I was like, well, is it like a one time thing? Am I only going to uh, was it only going to give me one shot? Well, it sure enough, it logged me back in. But then when I went to select some seats, there were way less seats uh, available. Like just in that five minute window, a bunch of people had bought seats and it was the Padres series. So I was trying to get the tickets for the Padres game. So, yeah, it's a you know, the Padres and the Dodgers are the two, you know, probably expected uh, uh, most hot sellers uh, in the whole season. So I was lucky that I actually got back in. But then, you know, I had to put my payment information in and stuff like that. And so I had to type, you know, when you put your payment information in, uh, if you're doing it on your phone, it's a pain in the ass because, you know, you got to get your credit card out. You got to you got to put the numbers in. You got to put your full name in. You got to put your whole address in. Um, and then it's like after you're done with all that, then it makes you put the CVV or whatever that three number thing in the back is mm-hmm. like, man, I mean, I felt like I was trying to defuse a bomb because like yeah. it only, you know, it only gives you 10 minutes uh, to make the transaction and it starts counting down. I could never work, work on a bomb squad, man, because like I almost <laughs> I almost kept fucking this up. It was like I was so there was so much tension. But finally, <laughs> finally, least, I got I'll, the tickets, you know, Jack, I'll say at least if you were defusing a bomb, like there's a there's a purpose to that. It's like, you know, it's like, I got to defuse this bomb. So we don't all blow up and die. It's like these Cubs tickets, they shouldn't be that, 
there shouldn't be that much tension around it, you know? No, no, there shouldn't be, yeah, some type of, some type of countdown. That's, that's ridiculous. So, uh, anyway, we got the tickets. I was, I was pretty pumped. Um, uh, so yeah, folks, we're, uh, we're going to get, get back to our real brand, uh, uh, next week. So we're, we're pumped about that. We, ju- we jumped through some hoops to get these tickets. Um, I- I'll say this though, Jeremy, and I texted you this, man, they really fuck you on those fees, dude. That was ridiculous. I want to, I want to see uh, what one of the, what the fees were exactly here. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. pull this there, up right now. Cause this is, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Well, there, yeah, you, you kind of have to build in at least $20, like about $20 in fees. Like, I mean, listen, this, none of this is like, you know, new news. Like they're, the fees of they've been, um, you know, uh, really sticking it to you with the fees uh, for years now. And and, you know, the websites are goofy, but it's just like this whole thing about like the with the distancing and like the 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 tickets like the, the system is weird. Like they do a virtual waiting room when, when like there's only like, you know, whatever, 25 percent of the people going through like they you only do virtual waiting room for like opening day and then for playoff tickets. Like that's a whole stupid thing. Like it's just a. It's it's just uh, it's it doesn't seem like it's operating to its full potential. No, and and so you know, for Jeremy, for those two tickets that we bought for the Padres game, they were twenty seven apiece, which is pretty reasonable. But then you had a twelve percent city and county amusement tax, yeah, and then that was six dollars and forty eight cents, and then a per ticket fee, including fee tax of five seventy five each, yeah, uh, coming to eleven fifty, and then an order processing fee yep. of four fifty. It's like, hey, let's just make up, let's just make up other fees. Why stop there? You right. know, like who who the fuck knows what any I get that I guess I I guess I get the city tax one, but right. uh, what yeah whatever. Well, no, Jack. So like I mean, and again, this is like I, this is what Metallica was fighting uh, Ticketmaster about like twenty five years ago, and like um, you know I think like people were just like hey just uh, you know uh, Satan tells you to just back off or something I don't know like but like you know like. As, as goofy as Metallica is, they were right to like about these Ticketmaster fees and everything. Like they set the precedent, and then now everyone like who like all these ticket companies are like, oh, we'll charge this fee and this fee and this fee. So they charge you ticket fee, tax on the tickets. Then they charge you a fee just to buy them. Then they charge you a tax on the fee, and then they charge you an ordering processing order processing fee. Right. So like it's crazy. I'll say this, Jack. This is why I go to the stadium to buy my tickets because you only pay the tax. Uh, yeah. On the ticket, you don't pay those last three fees, um, oh, man. which you save a boatload of money, like to just go down there. Um, I've actually like uh, my <laughs> and it's the thing is, like for Cubs, it's a pain in the ass to get down there because a lot of times the ticket booth, it's actually open on non game days, but sometimes they have weird hours. So if you want to go down there, sometimes you go on a, a game day just to make sure they're open uh, but it sucks to drive down there just to get tickets and then get out of there. So like, my my wife had a, a Divi account, which is like the the bike sharing app. So mm-hmm. I, I I one time like got a Divi bike and drove and rode down there to buy tickets and then come back. <laughs> um, and you know, is it worth the twenty bucks? It is actually because I don't want to give that fucking money to that website or the Cubs or whatever. So right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we got the we got the tickets, and you know that's a, that's the last thing we'll be thinking about when we're actually in the park. So I'm yes. I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, Jeremy, I, well, yeah, go I, ahead. I gotta say, Jack, one one fun one uh, major development in in this whole ticket buying process, Jack uh, or listeners, I should say, is that I learned uh, through this process that Jack has Venmo, 
I do. I got, I, yeah. That was that was noteworthy that I got to add on the podcast because this is going to make things a lot easier for like settling up for for tickets and whatnot. Uh, before it was a cash transaction or a yeah, ca- cash is cash is king, baby. You know, if <laughs> if the cash is there, I don't care. Um, that's a that's a that's a deep rising. You ever seen the movie Deep Rising? <laughs> no, no, it's but that's great, great. man. Was Damn. Gonna, all right. Yeah. I wonder who wrote that that script because that's uh <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> it's a funny movie, Jeremy. Check it out. Treat Williams is in it. Um. Yes. Okay. Uh. So Jeremy, there's a uh uh. So so we have a note here. Uh. This is. I I think I'm gonna like this story. I don't even know what I don't even know what it's gonna be about. But the note says Jeremy met up with a guy to trade baseball cards, and then yep. you know there's some other stuff in there. So yeah, uh, yep. let's hear it. Yeah, Jack. So, um, okay. So, uh, this is a little baseball card corner now before we move on to some baseball, like real baseball stuff. But, um, uh, so yeah. So like, uh, in the baseball card world, um, trading is a big part of things and just like, kind of like, Hey, uh, I'm trying to build this set. I need these cards. You have like your list of, I need number five, eight, 11, 12, whatever. And like, you have a list of, of all the cards you need. Um, you know, nowadays with the internet, um, it, it makes a lot more sense to just, there's like websites that sell like single cards for like 15 cents or something. And, uh, it, it's easy to like, uh, kind of fill your sets that way. Um, when, when you could go to a, a baseball card show, guys have boxes of cards and you, you fill them, you fill it that way too. Um, just trying to get the cards you need. Um, I was at a card shop the other day. Uh, maybe I was looking for Chris Bryant. Uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> But uh, maybe I had a legitimate reason for going. But um, I overheard a guy asking the owner, like, hey, do you have any singles for these cards? And uh, it's a set. It's a 2021 Heritage uh, top set, which we've talked about it. They always recreate, like, an old year of cards. This year they're on 1972, which is that really kind of flashy 70s with the stars and, like, the weird, like, um, really gauche, like, font on it um a pretty cool pretty cool design uh just for its like unique 70s appeal basically um so i'm trying to build that set and i heard this guy was was looking for some singles i have a bunch of doubles that's what happens when you try to build a set is you you end up with a bunch of doubles but then there's ones you need and it's super frustrating it's like you wish you could just wave a magic wand and turn these cards into the ones you need so i talked to this guy and i'm like hey you know i have some singles like and he has some singles. He was an older guy, um, probably I would say um, probably in his maybe late forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like uh, he 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 was definitely like not like tuned in to to like any sort of technology. Like I was like saying like, hey, there's a site where you can do whatever, and he's like, he's like, I don't know, no, I don't, I don't know, I don't do any of that stuff, and. And so he's like, you know, I'll tell you what, like, you know, maybe we can uh, meet up here, uh, meet up and, and, you know, exchange some of these cards. We could, we could help each other out, whatever. Uh, it's already sounding uh, suspect. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so, so basically, so, so he's like, so like, I'm like, what's the best way to get in touch with the email, whatever, like, he's like, oh, probably phone, just, you know, just give you, give me a call or something. And so we exchanged like phone numbers and then like, uh, he actually, I gave him my number and he called my phone and it's like. Uh, you know, like I, this was cool when I was like a single guy and I met a girl and you know, we exchanged information that way. When it's some weirdo in a big fuck art shop, it's a little less exciting. Um, but, but anyway, um, so, uh, so yeah, so we met up today basically. 
Um, and I was like, he wanted to go to like, he's like, well, maybe we can go to a coffee shop or something. Um, and, uh, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I, I know I'm, I'm fully vaxxed. I'm not, I don't, I'm not two weeks away from my vax yet, uh, to be like fully, fully vaxxed, but I don't want to go into a card shop or to into a coffee shop. Um, so I'm like, let's just meet at the card shop, you know, like I'm sure he wouldn't mind us just like going into a corner and just like going through each other's like boxes of cards. Um, so I meet the guy. I see him standing out in front of the card shop and I'm like, Hey, uh, what's up? And he's like, he's closed. And so the card shop was closed. Uh, so we couldn't go in and then, but right next to the card shop is like a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And they have like sidewalk seating. And so they put their tables to the side and like lock them up for the night. So he just like moves over to those tables and like puts his stuff down and we're going to now go through each other's cards standing right on the sidewalk on these tables of this Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, I said, I said like, Oh, is this place closed too? And I like looked in cause I'm like, it's in, to me, it's in poor taste to like use these people's like tables without, um, being a paying customer. I mean, yeah. there were, there aren't even chairs out. So we were just like, kind of like leaning over this, this, these tables. Um, and this guy's got like, he said he had like 200 cards to go through and, so I'm going through his cards. He's going through mine. And for a while, like that, that was like working and, and it, it was what it was. And we were, um, a whole thing kind of like went on and like, I ended up picking some cards that I needed. He picked some cards that he needed. So we made like a trade, basically like an amicable trade, but then we were kind of talking just about, you know, Hey, how much of a pain in the ass it is to, to complete these sets. And, um, he was talking about like, yeah, you know, I buy, t- you know, I buy a lot of uh, cards on eBay and, you know, but it's a pain in the neck because you got to like, you you know, you, you get one envelope with one card in it and then you get another envelope with two cards and you lose track and, you know, some stuff gets lost, whatever. And he's like, I don't know what it is, um, but, uh, you know, uh, call me prejudice, but, and I'm like, oh shit, what is he, he going to say? What the hell is this guy going to say? He's like, yeah, call me prejudice, but he's like. Whenever I have a card missing, whenever I have a card where they don't send the tracking and, and it doesn't show up, all it's always and I'm like, no, what? No, come on. And he's like, it's always people from California. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh God, okay, Whew, California. All right, I'm like, I guess if you want to dig a little deeper, there there can be some hi- uh, hidden like racism there <laughs> that he's not <laughs> saying overtly, but at least he had, had the the decency to just say California. Um, and he's like. <laughs> And I'm like, and I go like, and I was so relieved. I go like, yeah, they're too laid back out there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're too laid back there. And, and in uh, Oregon and, and uh, uh, Washington too. And I was like, what? And then he's like, yeah, but anyway, it's always California addresses. And uh, so, so yeah. So anyway, um, it was, uh, that was a, that was a, a, a scary moment there. Cause I thought I was going to be hit with some like some real uh, old fashioned racism, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm just thinking, Jeremy. First of all, yeah, this there's got to be some subtext, like you know, Oregon, Washington. I'm trying, I, trying to think. You I know. know. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I think the I think all those states voted a certain way and maybe have a certain uh, like connotation, maybe. But like, I I I don't know. I think he was just. I I'm thinking it might have just been geographic a geographical bias, but also like. Those are also some of the most like beautiful, like scenic states. So I don't know what 
what his yeah. problem is. But whatever. I, I'll say this as comedy writers, Jeremy, I, I think you would agree with this, that it, it, the, the real comedic moment there would have come when, you know, you he said, I don't want to seem prejudiced, but, and like you said, oh no, like there's that suspense moment. And then he says, yeah, but like people from California, you know, and you're like, oh, you breathe that sigh of relief. And then he says something really racist, yeah, you know? No, exactly. And don't get yeah. me started on the, yeah, you know, um, Yes, but uh, well, well, that yeah, that sounds good. Uh, it it did it did almost sound like you guys were like having a baseball card date, you know, like yes. he was like waiting outside of the card shop for you to like yeah. avoid that awkward moment where you would meet inside the shop, you know, um, so you oh, could yes. like both go in together. Uh, yeah, it, it's just like um, you know, and I actually like you know trying to contact you via phone to like set this thing up. Yeah, um, yeah, man, I think you should just block this guy's number and ghost him, bro. I mean, I got, Hey, uh, I got the, the cards I needed. Here, so, um, <laughs> I, I may be, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Hey, as a guy who's married now, um, definitely off the market. Um, it's great to relive some of those, those fun, you know, freewheeling single moments, uh, in the new form of exchanging numbers with a, a guy in his fifties for, for baseball cards. It's a pretty exciting way to live. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there you go. So that's a, that's, um, you know, there'll be more tales of this now that the pandemic is, you know, winding down of just weird meetups with guys. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's the life of a baseball card collector. And if this doesn't, you know, send me to the brink of like, you know, my, my, my my low point my breaking point um my rock bottom i, I don't know what will um <laughs> but uh jack uh I, I feel for this guy um uh you know for not embracing technology because um there is a movement uh in in card collecting as well of uh, nfts um <laughs> pre-show last week jack uh or listeners uh, me and jack i uh, had a little a brief i gave jack a brief uh rundown of of nfts uh and the whole nft movement uh especially with card collecting um or with sports uh trading trading cards whatever collectibles and uh nba is big right now with uh, this nba top shot um but tops got in the ring this week uh, with their first like um offerings of of nfts and, um, yeah, so they came out Tuesday. Um, I ended up getting a pack, but I haven't opened it yet because I'm, I'm kind of watching what, what it does on the secondary market. Um, but, uh, the news kind of circulating today is that, uh, there was a Mike Trout, like, so they, they actually do like, kind of like list the cards in like rarity and they're, it's like they're, they do actually do say like common, uncommon, rare, extremely rare. Then there's like epic and there's like epic extreme <laughs> and it's like it's pretty cool um like the way that they categorize them all but um a mike trout uh i want to say it was like a rare it wasn't even like uh like the most rare one but there was only 11 of them um the serial and they're serial number too so like there's one of 11 two of 11 whatever a lot of times people put a premium on like the f- number one and like the sometimes the last one sometimes if it's a jersey number like if it was 27 of 50 like for mike trout that would be a highly sought after one but for some reason people like the one so number one of 11 of this particular mike trout nft sold i think uh yesterday um for eighty seven thousand dollars 
Jesus so, Christ, man. Yeah. So there you go. So like that card could have could be. I haven't opened my pack. That card could be in my pack. Um, oh my God. Uh, I haven't opened it, but um, the pack was a hundred bucks to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's selling right now for about three hundred and fifty bucks. Um, and you know you could sell it, and there could be junk in there. Or honestly, there's the way that some of these things are selling, like you definitely make your hundred dollars back. I feel, uh, but like there also could be an $87,000 card in there or NFT, not card. But so uh-huh. if you're, if you're having, if you're wrapping your head around, like buying tickets on a, on a website, you know, with these dots and like, you know, um, fees and all this stuff, the whole NFT thing. And you know, if you don't do email, you know, you only do cell phone. Uh, the whole NFT thing is a, is a, you know, a, a far horizon away. Um, but it's, it's happening and it's real and like there's money to be made and is it fake? I don't know. Is it pandemic related? Like are people just going nuts maybe? Um, but, uh, if you were the guy who sold the $87,000, that's real money. And, um, that's cool to have. So if you, you if go. you got it, Jeremy, if you had that card, would you sell it for eighty thousand dollars? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would. Okay, I think yeah, I man, would. you wouldn't. You you would you could retire, dude. You wouldn't even need the money you get from this podcast anymore, man. You could just <laughs> you could just you could just quit, man. Drop the mic. You're done. With, you're done in this life. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, could definitely fund. I you know I wouldn't be sweating the the, the fees these these disgusting <laughs> fees from the Cubs. Be like, yeah, sure. Hell, charge me any fee. I don't give a damn. I have eighty seven thousand in my pocket. <laughs> um, so that yeah, beautiful. And folks, if you don't know what what non fungible tokens are, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. but it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. We're not you know we're not Adam McKay writing the Big Short. So um, <laughs> right. you know, Google, uh, Google it. Um, you know, if you want a, a more in depth explanation of it, but it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Um, yes. It'll and as Jeremy said, it, it'll be interesting to see if it really catches on. Uh, longevity wise um yeah so jeremy and i were watching uh the the mets cubs game uh yesterday kind of simultaneously simultaneously uh yeah. jeremy jeremy tweeted out that he's not sure if the cubs are any good or if it's just that the mets are so bad i don't know yeah. what do you think jeremy well i mean i you know what i want to believe but um <laughs> and I, I suppose when like you know i did i think he tweet that in the first game or the, I think I did tweet that in the second game I mean when they beat the team 14 to whatever one or whatever it was yesterday yeah, 14 to four I think yeah yeah it's like um I don't know I mean maybe you know maybe some of that credit should be given to the Cubs I suppose but um yeah uh I don't know really I was looking at the Mets numbers kind of before this series started and it's like I don't really know how they were doing good like there, no, no one on their team is hitting. Um, it's like all pitching, uh, and um, I don't know how. By some, like somehow the Cubs, or yeah, the Cubs, like uh, you know, I guess Taiwan Walker was doing okay. They they got to him uh, yesterday. They lucked out by facing this David Peterson, who's a rookie, who's not really there yet. And they were supposed to face Degrom today. And then I I, I like looked last night. And I'm like they're fang- facing Joey Lucchese, and it's like what did the Cubs do? Like all the futility of the Cubs for the past two weeks must have like all paid off for them to like kind of get lucky in this series I, I don't know yeah I I saw that they pushed a ground back I was a little, little confused by that one but um uh anyway uh so, so there was a, a point in the game that struck me a little bit 
uh, I think it was Matt Duffy tried to make a play over over by the dugout, and he almost you know he almost fell over the dugout trying to catch a pop up. One of those deals. But then they showed uh, a play that happened a couple weeks ago. I think it was during the opening, the home opening series mm-hmm. uh, at Wrigley, where Chris Bryant was doing one of those things again, trying to catch a pop up. But this time it was past the dugout um, by the stands. And uh, they had some padding by where, like, the brick wall was, the cement wall. But they didn't, they didn't have padding on the top of the cement wall. So Bryant tried to catch his pop-up. You know, he's not looking at the, at the fence. He has probably a vague idea of where it is. But he just runs right into this wall, and his knee smacks the, the, cement, the cement wall. Yeah. And so then, after, I mean, it looked really painful. And he's lucky that he didn't blow out his knee because of this and so after the game he said to he talked to david ross or jed hoyer or whoever and he was like hey can we get some padding put on this and you know sure enough they had some padding put on there but that's inexcusable i mean they could have they could have signed bryant to a 200 million dollar extension and that could have happened and he could have blown out his knee and it was all because somebody didn't think to hey maybe we should cover up this cement thing that's very that that is very likely going to be something that the players might run into well, what it's just inexcusable. It's stupidity. What were they thinking? Uh, it's it's absurd, Jack. And like it, it's also it's just absurd too. Like I mean, <clears throat> there's there's so many of these little things that are like, like, what what like who like who missed this? Um, and like, uh, so years ago the Cubs had Bill Miller as their third baseman on their team. Um, you know, who the hell knows what year that was, 2006 or something, maybe earlier than that. Um, probably earlier than that. And he was playing um, in, um, I think it was in St. Louis maybe, and he, he did the same thing. So he was playing third base. There was a foul ball like slicing over to, to the foul territory down the uh, left field line or the right uh, le- left field line, sorry. And um, – Bill Miller like ran for it and like slid and his knee hit the bottom of like the um uh like it was a box that protruded onto the field that had like a revolving like ad on it and he blew he did blow out his knee and he was gone for the whole year and the Cubs like had no backup third baseman and were bad maybe they were going to be bad anyway but uh but they lost Bill Miller for the whole year and um uh or most of the year maybe maybe he came back in September but like it was too late at that point so like and you know it's like why wasn't there padding on the thing? How could he? How could a major league baseball player tear his knee up by hitting an ad box? Uh, a couple <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, Dustin Fowler, who was playing right field for the Yankees, um, in like the top of the second inning, like on like the second game of the season, he was running, um, he was running to uh, the uh, right field um, the foul line and he hit like a phone box for like the dugout or for a utility box. It was like a utility box and he blew out his knee and he sued the white Sox. Um, and it's like, so these things, there's a precedent for these things. It's like something happens like that. All major league. I don't understand how all major league teams don't go like, let's, let's go out and check out the foul lines and see if anyone can blow their knee out. Uh, on our stadium wall and, and put some fucking padding over it. Um, I know that like aesthetically speaking, like on Wrigley field, like that kind of like lighter cement wall topping, like looks aesthetically pleasing, but like if it might, you know, ruin your, uh, you know, your player, uh, don't, don't do that. Don't have that, uh, out there. Um, or, or even, 
you know, uh, the opposite team's uh, player. Um, but like, yeah, so it's crazy that it happened. And uh, yeah, thankfully they, they put the padding up there now. Jeremy, who was it? I'm trying to think, and maybe this was last year or 2019, but it, it was a situation in right field where a guy was, again, he tried to like dive over a wall to get to a ball and like he fell over the wall, but there was like nothing behind behind oh, that wall. Was that and he Margot? just, he fell. That was maybe yeah. Margot in the uh, ALDS or something, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, like, he fell over the wall, and there was nothing there, and he just fell onto, like, ground. But it was, like, a high, it was, like, a high jump. Yeah. Um, and it looked, it looked painful. And, and again, you just wonder, like, how, how that can happen. Yeah. That one is, like, that's a weird one because, like, the wall probably was pretty big. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, and I guess they need a way to have, like, a walkway or something. But it's, like... Figure, yeah, I mean, just figure something out, like, and like, I, I don't know, just they got they, that can't happen. I don't know. No, uh, so yeah, that was very that was very strange. Um, but uh, yeah, thankfully Brian said something and uh, and got it fixed because there's yeah. no excuse excuse I, for that. I'll say that uh, the the door, like, so like you can walk from the state the seats onto the field is still exposed and it's like a metal <laughs> door. So like. Yeah, so they that part is still exposed. Just in case anyone, in case Bryant does want to find a way to tear his ACL, um, he can just hit the metal door now instead of the padded cement wall. So just a, just a uh, note there. There was an, another uh, instance in this game though where somebody almost busted their shit or did bust their shit. They did. Um, yeah, yeah uh, it was when Javi Baez hit his grand slam, and uh, so the Cubs now and the bleachers they have uh, just like the first five or six rows of the bleachers are covered by tarp. And um and like you know and there's an ad an ad on the tarp uh, I guess that's to you know prevent uh, keep keep the fans away from the players as much as possible uh, in the outfield and social distance I guess I don't well, know yeah I think and we should say too this was the Wednesday night game where well yeah Bias hit the grand slam but um, yes uh yeah I think like um uh I mean I think like they they they're limiting you know because they're limiting people there they're like let's just wipe out these first rows so we can put big ads there which. I guess if it helps them get some income, which will help them sign some great free agents like Jock Peterson, who's hitting like 061 or whatever in the <laughs> DL right now, uh, then then so be it. Get the ads, you know, so we can pay for these guys. But uh, but yeah, so it's yeah, it's just a big tarp. Um, I mean, they had them last year when there were no fans in the stands too. Um, but yeah, this kid was going for the ball, and like you know, when you see a honestly, whatever, like it's like sometimes when fans jump for balls for like the, the home run balls in the bleachers. There usually is some sort because they're all packed in. There's like this domino effect where someone falls and knocks someone else over and it's a chain reaction. So here there was like no one in front of this kid. So he kind of like, he leaped for the ball and he probably got bumped by someone behind him. And like, you know, he just got shot forward and like, he took like one step and was just fumbling down like rows of bleachers. And like, I mean, like, luckily, I guess didn't get his like leg caught and broke his leg, but but he did fly fly forward onto this tarp, kind of bounced up a little bit, and then slid all the way down to like the the walkway right at the base of the wall, where you know on the other side is the ivy covered brick wall, and it's like, um, you know, if things bounced a little differently, he, the kid could have went over the wall into the basket or onto the field and dropped like however many feet that is, like ten, twelve feet, like. Yeah, it could have been crazy. Um, and like, luckily there was a guy there to like, kind of like, he didn't really catch him, but like he did kind of like help him back up and he did, he somehow got the ball and gave, and like gave the ball, uh, to the guy. 
Uh, one can only wonder what my tie guy would have done in that situation. <laughs> WWMTD, right? What would my tie MTGD, <laughs> my tie guy do? But like, um, yeah. So uh, it was kind of a crazy thing, and like the the cameras didn't really catch it. Um, like on the like live feed, you saw the ball hit into the stands, and um, this guy just kind of tumble onto the, the, the tarp and then they cut away. Um, but marquee network did, uh, have alternate angles of it. And so there is a blog that there's like a Twitter account that posted some clips of it. So, uh, we will definitely share that on the website. Um, uh, rain delay theater.com slash notes. Uh, so you can see that, uh, that video or, um, but, uh, but yeah, so check it out. It's worth a, it's worth a look. It's the guy totally wipes out. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and Jeremy, I, I'll say that this is the first time I've, you know, in the last week or two that I've really had an extended chance to watch Marquee Network. I feel like I didn't catch a whole lot of Cubs games uh, last year uh, during its inaugural season. But, you know, what you said about Cole Wright, who's the oh, basically yes. the, in, the in-studio guy, that's absolutely accurate, man. I was watching a game, and I tweeted this out, but I was watching the, the Tuesday night game as well, and he, he referred to the Mets as the Metropolitans. Yep. And I was like, yeah. Is anybody really surprised that he called him that? The guy tries too hard. Yes. He's just like a fucking, like, it's not puns. I don't know what you call that. It's like just like, it's like a clever generator. It's like a generic clever generator or something. It's like, uh. And the, those things are like oxymorons, I think. Um, but like, yeah, it's just the most obvious, like alternate thing you can say, like, like, you know, oh, you hit a ding dong. Oh, you hit a tater. Like, it's like it's, it's like ESPN circa, you know, 1999 or something. Uh, it's just like this is this is definitely tired and played out. Um yeah, that's that's a great that's a great way to uh, put it, Jeremy. Um, yeah, I remember in the mid to late '90s, um, you know, when the ESPN guys would try to be funny, and that was like a revolutionary thing in in sports broadcasting. It was like, oh yes. man, you yeah. know, no nobody's ever really uh, combined sports and comedy before. Right. This and, is and really the, interesting. And the original guys were legitimate funny. Like Craig Kilborn had a, a career in in comedy after that. I mean, kind of. He hosted a show for many years, but. Um, some people thought he was a, a smarmy prick, but I, I actually like, <laughs> I actually like Craig Kilborn and, uh, I prefer the Craig Kilborn daily show to the John Stewart daily show any day. And, uh, you can challenge me on that one folks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Keith Olbermann was funny. Dan Patrick was funny. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. They, they, those guys were actually funny. And then like everyone else was just imitating them in a worse way. So. Right, exactly, and then yeah, Cole Wright is almost just a a, a worse incarnation of of Matt Vasgersian, you know. Yeah, um, yeah right. And, he makes Matt Vasgersian seem like you know and Andy Kaufman or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, one other thing that happened uh in last night's game, Pete Alonso, and folks, you, you should you should watch the replay of this home run if you didn't see it, but he hit. The absolute longest home run that a man could possibly hit, especially in 40-degree weather. But he just absolutely obliterated a first pitch from Rex Brothers uh, that didn't do anything. It was just like it was just high and right in Pete Alonso's wheelhouse, and he it just looked like the home run derby. Yes, it did. Uh, that that was the exact. It was probably like 90 miles an hour, uh, like you know, belt belt uh, letter high, you know, somewhere around there. Just I, uh, Alonso just absolutely crushed it. 
Um, and it, it went over the bleachers, well over the bleachers. It looked like it hit the uh, the other side of Waveland, like the northernmost side of Waveland, and yeah. bounced, and then like hit the hit the apartment building, and then like kind of bounced back towards Wrigley Field. It was kind of right where we were standing. Um, it looked like it landed right about where we were standing uh, uh, for that game we went to back in August, um, where we you know we, where we sat outside. Uh, it was insane, Jeremy. The guy he yeah. just he just crushed the ball. It was it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, if you go back, um, I might have even been in, even been in. Um, I guess was it in July or was it in August? Uh, yeah, it was July or uh, or August. I can't. Maybe it was late July. Yeah, I can't I can't I, remember quite quite exactly. Yeah, it might have been like the thirty first or something. But the day the game that we went to last year to Ballhawk, uh, if you if you go to our Instagram uh, at Rain Delay Pod. Um, there's like some videos that we recorded and it's like, it, I feel like it landed right in the exact spot where, um, where we were standing for that, for that video. Um, and then it would have been like right across the street from where we sat. It would have been interesting if that happened, you know, cause the, um, cause my Thai guy was sitting right across this, the street there, right. For a little, he was, bit. he, and he was, he was standing during all the right-handed batters, but I think he was only doing it for the Cubs. So he probably would have had no idea who Pete Alonso even was, but uh, but yeah, it, like that was where what I imagined was it landed right about where uh, where my tie guy was was standing. Yeah. Um, they so they listed the home run as as four hundred and twenty nine feet, but yeah. God, Jeremy, it seemed longer than that. Yeah, no, I, that's bullshit. And like, I think everyone was like, John Shambi tonight said I was catching a little of the game tonight before we recorded and he was saying like, Hey, I'm a big stats guy. I believe in like stats and, and metrics and everything, but I'm, I'm mad that they're saying that that was only 429 feet. Cause it seemed a lot longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really impressive. And you know, no matter who you're a fan of, like when you go to a game, you want to see a home run like that. It was uh, amazing. And also why is Rex brothers still in the major leagues? It, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Jack, I mean, you know, why is Rex Brothers in the league? Why is Dan Wink or, or, or on the team at least? Why is Dan Winkler on this team? Why is um, uh, 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 Brandon Workman on this team? Like these guys fucking suck, and that's why I'm that's why I'm pissed off at the fucking Cubs. I'm glad they've been doing good lately, um, but like their bullpen is a joke. It's just a bunch of fucking rejects, and like Rex Brothers sucks, man. He what? Again, yeah, like every once in a while, like a team. Has a guy? I remember, like years ago, the Cubs kept fucking bringing back Chad Fox after his fucking arm <laughs> fell off. It's like, why do these guys? There are so many like pitchers out there who can fucking throw the ball, and it's like you're fucking bringing back uh, Rex Brothers. Like, where's Brad Wick? Brad Wick is like younger, better, and and has more talent. Like, why is he not on this team? And I know we're mincing, we're kind of like you know splitting hairs here, but like it's like. Yes, th these guys have no place on a major league team. Shouldn't be on a team who thinks who claims to be contending. It's a joke. And like, yeah, yeah. So Rex Brothers, uh, why, 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 why is he still around? <laughs> yeah, as you texted me, Jeremy, uh, each each arm is worse than the last out yeah. of the Cubs out of the Cubs pen. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, another thing to come of the Mets series is that Ch Chili Davis is now the. Um, the Mets hitting coach and has been since 2019. So he was a Cubs hitting coach in 2018. He got he got fired, left in a huff. He um, on his way out, he had a few choice words about millennials, and um, uh, you know it, he seemed to imply that Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, among others, didn't want to listen to him. He specifically called out launch angle and he said, you know, that's not the way that you know pitchers aren't pitching to guys anymore. Uh, like to to have the ball hit like that. 
Um, he said they're gonna, these guys are going to need to change. So he got fired, but he, he had some choice words about it. And so I guess he brought it up uh, apropos of nothing mm-hmm. before this, this Cubs-Mets series. Uh, so he's probably still a little bit bitter about it. I can't. I read the article today, Jeremy. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he kind of just kind of just uh, took a swipe at the Cubs a little bit. Yeah, he was basically talking about how like you know there's no they they gave they put no trust in him, um, mm-hmm. for for the players and uh, that he's happy to be where he is and that like um, he said like whatever problems they got going on there uh, like I'm not I don't I don't have to deal with that anymore something like that and it's like it's like dude like. Get, I mean, I guess because they're playing the Cubs. He also said, like, you know, he really wants to beat the the Cubs, and it's like, well, you lost sixteen to four to him, so you didn't beat him, <laughs> um, and you didn't beat him the first game either. And the Cubs were playing like shit before you guys came into town. So whatever you wished, uh, whatever you were hoping for, you know, hope harder because it it didn't work. Um, but like, but like, yeah, it's just like, dude, get over it. You were here for one. I think he was only here one year, right? Yeah, he was here for one year because they said Epstein fired five hitting coaches in five years or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So he was he was here for the 2018 and, season and that was it. And Epstein isn't even here anymore. It's like get over it. Who cares? No one cares about you. Like the team didn't do good. Like the team didn't uh, hit well when you were here. Like, and it's like if you tr- if you have an approach. He kept talking about like my approach didn't like fit there or whatever. And it's like if you have an approach and it doesn't work. And you're you're a coach or a teacher or a mentor, instructor, whatever. You got to change your approach. You you have to adapt. It's like the, <laughs> the people don't adapt to you. You adapt to them. You idiot. So like, get the fuck. Just I like Chili Davis, but sh- stop talking about our. Who cares? You you had no place on this team. Go away. Be in them. Be on the Mets. Enjoy like a nice street hot dog. You know, like that's what Chicago, what New York has to offer. Enjoy that. Like. <laughs> the fucking why, why is he still talking about this i don't get it no that's a, that's i mean that's a great point jeremy as a you know as a, like as an educator you need to uh you know uh everybody has different learning styles you know yeah and uh, a good a good teacher uh adapts to the way that his students learn he's not just like yeah this is my approach yeah. and fuck and fuck you because <laughs> because if that's the approach then your students who don't get it are just gonna fail you know yeah or they'll um, fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at the, the major league le- <laughs> Yeah, and at the major league level, um, you know, that's not acceptable. Like you need to adapt and, you know, all, all of these guys need to be, able, be need to be doing well. Um, yeah. So it's uh yeah, that or that is get a li- fired. Which yeah. is what happened. And he's he can't understand that. No. Um yeah, it seems like an old school uh meathead approach to uh, you know, to the problem. And mm. I can't, I can't say I'm too surprised. It is, it's surprising that he, that he still has a job with the Mets, actually, because the the Mets haven't done shit either right. since they hired him. Right. Uh, Alonzo has not gotten better. Uh, Lindor has not gotten off to a great start. He's hitting 204, uh, and that was after hitting a home run like yesterday. Uh, so yeah, he's not doing. I yeah, I don't. Chili, it might be you, man. You might not like. <laughs> Eddie Murray was not a good hitting coach because he didn't couldn't didn't know how to explain it, but at least he got out of it and just enjoyed being one of the best hitters in, in baseball, uh, you know, and, and, and like, you know, just could rest on those laurels. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. 
Well, uh, you know, I guess what what's the game? Uh, uh, what's the score of the game tonight, Jeremy? I haven't checked. They're tied up three three right now. Two outs. Uh, Marisnik tripled, so he's on third base. So they're trying to get him in here. Wilson is up at the at the plate. All right, all right, I like it. Well, a, a real nail biter for you know for Chili Davis for sure in this one. Yeah, I know. Um, he's like, just give me one. Come on, I gotta <laughs> I gotta stick it to these Cubs. Even if we <laughs> take one of three, I I'll still feel good. It's like no, Chili, just go away, Chili. <laughs> um, so Gene Segura, the old brewer, uh, uh, recently got his 200th double. So I, yeah, I just happened to be watching this game. Um, I was, uh, uh, visiting my folks and I just, I happened to be watching, um, this game. And so Segura got his 200th double and then he, they stopped the game cause he, so he asked for the ball and then after, after they threw the ball in and he got it, he like, you know, he, he tipped his helmet for an extended period of time it was like it was like 10 seconds and then the crowd gave him a standing ovation and his teammates for his 200th double i'm i'm gonna read to you so so uh gene segura with that 200th double he is now 62nd among active players uh in doubles number 61 kevin pilar great number 60 matt joyce so these, are, yeah. Do you think anybody stopped the fucking game when Matt Joyce got his 200th double? He probably didn't even know he got it. Um, yeah, that is so weird. Just, just absurd. I, I don't understand why they, why they stopped the game because Gene Segura got his 200th double. He's been playing for 10 years. I mean, yeah, I guess like 20, 20 doubles a year is, you know, it, it's solid, but it's not something that you need to stop the game for and like and tip your cap. Uh, you know, uh, last, what was it? 2019, Nick Castellanos had like 58 doubles. He got, he got a fourth of the way there in one season. <laughs> he's pro- he's probably like 30 players ahead of Segura among the active leaders. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get it, Jeremy. Last week we talked about the unwritten rule of, uh, you know, a, a rookie getting his ball saved when he gets his first major league hit. I, I I think maybe some guys go a little too crazy for the milestones, man. You could have you could have caught that ball. You could have caught that two hundred double if that had been like a ground rule double and you'd been sitting in the bleachers. You could have caught that thing and tried to sell it on eBay. Nobody would pay five bucks for it. <laughs> Jack, this is I mean the timing of this is perfect based off of what what you said like the last week of the unwritten rules. Like um, for for a while there, I feel like a couple of the unwritten rules. I, I it was like kind of like listen, uh, you know sure we're we're in favor of people keeping balls but um this is the exact thing that you're talking about like when you when you bring up like that unwritten rule and it's like yeah the 200th ball and like or 200 200th double stopping the game it's like guys let's we gotta you know they're trying to shorten these games let's 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 do something here you know yeah um no absolutely jeremy and and you know let's say again if it had been the instance uh where where it was like a ground rule double and and I had caught the ball, you know, and somebody from the Phillies came up to me and they were like, hey, like, you know, he wants that ball. I'd be like, uh, you know, and then they'd be like, hey, you know, if, if you give it back, we'll, we'll give you some some Gene Segura uh, autograph merchandise. I'd right. probably be like, uh, you don't have to do that. You can just give me, I'll just give you the ball. Like, I don't think, you know, Gene, like, I, I don't think I would really want any autographed Gene Segura merchandise. I think that would just take up space in my apartment. Um, as a as a collector, Jack, um, he he is in some sets and uh, not not huge resale value there. <laughs> so yeah, Gene Gene Segura, congrats uh, congrats on on you know on your two hundredth double. 
you are now 62nd uh, all time among active players. Among active players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, not good. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jack. And then um, uh, another thing, uh, the uh, there was a really funny uh, article in Sports Illustrated um, from I, was his name David Sampson, the uh, the former GM of the uh, the Marlins. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe it was uh, kind of ripping on Jeffrey. Uh, is it Loria or Loria? How do they how do they pronounce? Yeah, Loria. Um, yeah, the, the article though was mainly ripping on uh, Barry Bonds's one year as hitting coach for the Marlins in 2016. It was pretty funny, Jeremy. There was some good stuff in there. Yeah, just like <laughs> it really is a funny article. Like, um, uh, just like you know, he would he would sleep um, in during the game in the in the uh, clubhouse. He, it said he would um, he would only work with certain players like Giancarlo Stanton mainly um, and, and ignore other players. Um, the best story that I, I, I thought was was uh, that that he told was like um, when D Gordon got um, pops for for PEDs and suspended for the team, he was like apologizing to the team. And Barry Bonds was sitting in the back of the room by the door, and he goes like, "Man, this is bullshit!" And then like walks out. <laughs> and then, and then the guy uh, David Sampson, uh, he goes like, "Seriously, Barry Bonds is reacting this way? Like, like, like to this to this story? Like, just it's just funny. Like to hear a guy kind of give a sane account." Uh, of a of a crazy situation from the viewpoint of a somewhat sane person uh is just pretty funny um and uh yeah it's a i mean it's about as crazy as you would expect Barry Bonds of being like the the hitting coach yeah i uh, i remember seeing that that Marlins team in 2016 i i went to a game uh, it was one of the games where Ichiro was real close to getting 3000 hits uh yeah that team was a fart in the wind um that was a weird that that was a weird year for the Marlins because that i think that was the year that um uh, uh, Fernand, Jose Fernandez passed away um, mm-hmm. after his accident. So yeah, it was it was a strange year. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they also said that that he was a huge asshole in his job interview because he knew he oh, had yeah, he right. had the job, and oh. he demanded one point five million dollars to be the hitting coach, Wait, which no, is no. absurd. It's more than that because it wasn't that the average, and he wanted three point one or something. Yeah, I, it was some some ridiculous total, and then they actually couldn't tell the other assistant coaches that they were paying him that much because they all would have quit. So, uh, so yeah, they they like put it in some like you know uh, Swiss bank account that Barry Bonds had or something, <laughs> so they wouldn't, so nobody would find out about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and they they said he he would work with John Carlos Stanton and like sit by him in the dugout because he knew that the cameras would always be showing John Carlos Stanton. Um, yeah, just a real, uh, if, if folks, if you want to hear Jeremy's thoughts on Barry Bonds, listen to our, uh, listen to our hall of fame ballot episode because, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, Jeremy really lays into him there, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was a funny article. Uh, check it out. I don't think Barry Bonds is going to be coaching again anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, nor again, nor should he want to like, why, you know? No, yeah, exactly. Be like, yeah, him and Chili Davis, you know, it's like some guys, some guys can't retire, but then some guys who aren't good coaches just try to try to keep being in coaching, you know. Hey, look yeah. at look at Dusty Baker, you know. <laughs> um, um, so fun fact about uh, David Sampson, the former president. He's the former president of the Marlins, Jack. I don't know if you know this about David Sampson, but uh, he was on Survivor. 
Was he really? He was. Um, and I think he, I think they found out that he was like, you know, the president of the Marlins and they voted him out in the first episode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he like was, a, he's like a big survivor fan, like a lifelong survivor fan and got on the show. And, um, yeah, I think they found out that he was, had like a, you know, a well-paying job and they, 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 they voted him off week one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say that what, what was he just on that Island with a bunch of Cubs fans or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so last but not least, Jeremy, uh, we, we talked about unwritten rules uh, last week, and th- this is kind of a good unwritten rule. I don't know if you've seen the clip yet, but uh, you know, late last week, Justin Turner hit a home run uh, that landed right in a guy's nachos, a full plate of nachos. The nachos exploded onto this dude. He got cheese sauce all over his nice like hooded sweatshirt, um, but he also got the home run ball, and then Justin Turner in turn bought a uh, bought a new order of nachos for the guy and it, it just kind of harkened back to the uh the nacho man uh, episode in st <laughs> louis when addison russell knocked over a guy's full plate of nachos onto the guy uh and then later bought him a you know bought bought him a fresh order of nachos it seems so it seems like an right. unwritten yeah and, addison russell in better days folks and then um, and then yeah. uh then uh john lester went on later to say that nacho man is everything that's wrong with this country <laughs> yeah let, let's not let's not forget that um yeah you know jeremy i i almost yeah hey john lester yeah the guy that um so yeah this is the guy we're talking about here the guy that like during the second you know spike of covid like gave forty thousand dollars to bars around chicago to like have patrons come in and just buy them buy them drinks you know so that's uh that's that's john lester right there do you remember that jeremy yeah yeah um yeah, yeah it, like Nice gesture, bad timing, uh, encouraging people to go to bars uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, not not great. And, and uh, interestingly enough, currently on the COVID list with uh, with COVID. So, oh, is is he is he is he still he, I, he has he pitched yet this year? I don't think I think he's still out. I think he's still out. He was definitely on one of the Nats that had COVID. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, so he, um, yeah, so that, that was a funny little footnote in that story. Um, you know, Jeremy, I, I almost think that Nacho Man incident with Addison Russell, that's almost like, uh, you know, uh, uh, not, not the same crimes, but like that, that's similar to O.J. Simpson being in the Naked Gun movies, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is like him yeah. as like doing like a funny, like fun thing. And then just, you know, it, it, just a dark cloud, a dark cloud over it all. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like it though. I like the uh, the gesture of you know you ruin a, you ruin a fan's nachos and then you you get him new nachos. Justin Turner was like, yeah, that didn't look like a, a two dollar order of nachos that he had. Um, it's like, yeah, this guy has no idea how much ballpark food costs. He has no <laughs> two dollars, no, no clue, no clue. Yeah. But and I will say though, Jeremy, that there's nothing better than the anticipation of like having a full plate of nachos in front of you. And being about to eat them, uh, and it would it would suck to have a baseball just obliterate those before you had the chance to dig in. So as much as I don't like Justin Turner, and as much as Justin Turner is the last guy I would want buying food for me, <laughs> considering everything that happened in the fall, yeah. um, uh, it was it was still a I guess a nice gesture. Yeah, I th- yeah um I mean yeah it's it's funny it it's now a new unwritten rule yes that uh that you have to do that and so i'm glad justin turner uh adhered to that um i would like to see you know brian mccann um you know blocking home plate uh one day uh for for justin turner because he's like why didn't you buy nachos for that guy you, you got a ball in his nachos 
you, you, you don't think you got to buy him nachos? And then like, the bench is clear, you know? Um, so <laughs> all's well that ends well, I guess. Well, Jeremy, I think that is going to about do it for this week's episode. I'm, I'm really excited to get back to the ballpark next week. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be wild to put together a show that's a recap of an, an actual event that we're going to. It's going to be awesome, Jack. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So until next week, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Denisio. And we'll see you at the ballpark. Ballpark.